that's what EDM sounds like. That's about all I hear. It's because the the thumping bass. Wow, I have to fart this early in the podcast. Excuse me. Chick Fil A, those fucking waffle fries do not agree with me. They do not agree. You know. They support abortion. I don't. They buy ninety-seven percent of science climate scientists. Excuse me. What is this? This Mac can't connect to iCloud. Why would I want this Mac? Oh, great. Now my fudging garage band isn't going to follow my track of uh, my track of voice because I clicked away from it. I know that doesn't make sense to you guys. Hello. Welcome. Good evening. Good afternoon and good night. What movie is that from? I think I've said that before on the podcast. God, it's... So, uh, if you're a legit fan of this podcast, I apologize deeply to you. If you're a legit fan of what I do here, then I have been disappointing you, haven't I? What do I want to talk about this episode? We're going to talk about Game of Thrones a little bit, because that's, that's part of the show here. That's what we do. That's what we do. Um... We're going to talk about why and how it's so easy to cripple someone's motivation. Do you ever think about that? Like, I know that like millennials, Gen Z, X, whatever the fuck they are, have a tendency to you know, fuck that. The newest generations are some of the best. Not the new kids right now, but the ones that are slightly older than the kids that are kids right now. Not millennials. The one after millennials, but before whoever's in high school right now, you know? Millennials and before. Basically, why are we so easy to completely rob of motivation? I mean, completely fucking just leave you penniless. You know what I mean? I don't I don't know why that's so flippin' easy. Part of it comes from, I think, what I've been thinking about lately is the... Uh, weirdly enough, the absence of God, apparently... See, this is what I do on this podcast. If this is your first time listening to the show, welcome to the show. You are <laughs> you are a human. We are the Homo sapiens. Harrowing homos here on the fucking So It Goes podcast. Because as far as we know, now there may be a lot of theories, but as far as we know, we are the humans in the center of this universe. Now, are we the center? Are we the not? That's up for debate. Suck my balls. We're the center. What else is that? What are you telling me? Mars is the center? Mars. What about Saturn? Why? Because it's got the fucking ring on it? If they liked it, if the fucking universe liked us, they would have slapped the rings on us? Is that what you're saying? Sorry. (laughs) If you're a long-time listener, you know I record this very precarious times. What what is it? It's fucking... It's almost 9 (laughs) o'clock. It's almost 9 a.m. 
<laughs> I'm fucking yawning as if it's early or late in the fucking day. Most people have been in work for like two hours already. Um, How did they... I was thinking about something last night. Let's talk about this. I was watching a analysis, actually, of uh, Game of Thrones, the finale, kind of what are the, what that person thinks went wrong with it, you know, here and there, or basically breakdown of character by character. And he was saying something about... Fuck, who was it? Was it Brendan Stock? I think it was. And it was kind of just talking about him and what are his godly powers really, you know? Like, what are they really doing? What is he really doing with it? And uh, they quoted, and if it really, you know, if it really changed anything, but they quoted that Futurama episode with Bender where he gets to be a god in space. Do you know what I mean? Because he, like, uh, <laughs> he has, like, that tiny fucking little colony of people that are living on him. And so he keeps trying to do things for him, right? He keeps trying to help him out. He keeps trying to fucking be a god. And obviously, that's not how it works with godship. Everything goes wrong. Um, am I right? At least I would say so. So while floating in space... While he's uh, kind of just being a god to these people, and at a certain point where they're like just totally fucking wrecked, you know, yeah, uh, man, I was just trying to find this scene for you in this video. Well, you know what? I recommend this video highly. Super funny, Game of Thrones: How to Ruin a Great Show. Uh, this video is not for like the fucking extra nerds who have read all the books because they know it's still pretty funny, but it's thirty-six minutes long. But they know what, what happened with this show. Now, this isn't for people who pay attention to the writing of the show. Because because <laughs> they know what happened to this show. This is for the general fan. Like, he literally breaks down. And I'm not even calling you, like, less than because you're just a general fan. I haven't read the books. I only know a decent amount from them, from all these other nerds on YouTube, right? If you're a general fan of the series, this is for you. This, this video I highly recommend. It's like an episode of something. It's 30 minutes long. Just watch it. Highly entertaining. And this dude is like... He's not even a book a book nerd. He He's only read the first one, I think, back a while. In middle school, he says... <laughs> he says he started reading book four on accident <laughs> and stopped. But, um... <laughs> he says, back then, the books didn't have numbers on them. <laughs> so, anyways... He, uh, yeah, he just talks about, like, Bran, and you're not sure exactly what happened with his powers, you know, kind of thing. Like, did he really do anything? Did he fucking save somebody? Could he see the Night King coming all along? Could he see that that was going to happen? But he knew that he'd be fine, so he's like, fuck everybody else, this is how it happened. And if you knew everything that already happened, why would you tell everybody, though, right? Why why would you tell everybody? It's going to happen anyways, you'll probably drive them mad and crazy by telling them, and then it's probably going to happen in some weird way anyways. So it makes sense why he wouldn't. But I think that's a little bit too much credit to the show writers to say that Bran is that creative or intelligent, right? So, 
at the end, they play that clip from Futurama. Because what Bender does is, after he's basically like... So, in the middle of fucking up being a god to these people, he meets a weird celestial cloud of gas that lives in the sky, right? Um, I'll just kind of try to find it one more time for you guys. So, yeah, he we, he meets a weird celestial cloud of gas in the sky... And who's like his own god, right? And he goes, are you god? And the, the cloud is like, possibly. He's like, I could be perceived to you as what you think might be a god. I do know everything. I do, you know, that kind of thing. He's just like a big giant gas cloud with lights in the sky. And uh, he tells him kind of at a certain point, he's giving Bender advice on what to do. And he tells Bender I'm really sorry. I didn't prepare for this one at all. I got hella mucus. I'm always stuffy in this room. Allergies and all that. He tells Bender, if you do things right, people won't be sure you've done anything at all. Now, he says that to him at one point in the series, right? Sorry, in that episode. You know what? Oh, it's disgusting. That's what it's like for a large percentage of the world who can't breathe. Oh, you fucking mouth breather. Okay, if the dude's not a mouth breather, then, oh, he's breathed so loud through his nose. What the fuck's wrong with you? He's trying, okay? Motherfucker's trying to get some oxygen. But anyways. So, uh, what's his name? Bender tries to take that example. And kind of follow through with that, you know, start being a god to his people in more subtle ways or something. What ends up happening is since Bender, Bender is floating aimlessly through space, something kind of happens, luckily, to him. And that ends up projecting him in the just correct direction all the way back to Earth. Actually, to the exact point where b -b 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 Leela and Fry need their help. And... He basically tells the god that he met the lesson that he learned from go governing and godlying over his his subjects. He tells him, you know what? Screw you, fucking god. I, I realize I have to do this my fucking self, you know? I have to do all this for just myself. And once he goes and he saves Leela and, and Fry, after him saying that, you know, I you can't rely on god. You got to do it all yourself. At, out of bitterness, he says that, right? We go back to the thing this the space again, and he he laughs. He goes, <laughs> "If you do things right, people won't be sure you've done anything at all." And I think that's real profound and cool, and kind of totally. Even though I bet Matt Groening is a some kind of atheist, that is such a godly logos inspired kind of line. Now, Logos is, of course, uh, this thing I've been learning about from E. Michael Jones. E. Michael Jones, this angry old man <laughs> who has a lot to say about the Jewish population. <laughs> He's pretty awesome. You guys should check out E. Michael Jones. Um, I learned from him and Owen Benjamin. Of course, I mentioned Owen Benjamin plenty of times. Uh, I love Owen Benjamin. He's a crazy guy. Doesn't always perfect, but I could tell he's real. He's legit. So... Logos, like that statement is so filled with Logos. Logos is basically 
Apparently, this is what I learned. Apparently, there's pathos. There might be ethos. Logos. There might even be mythos. But basically, it's it's a way to argue anything, right? It's a way to reason the world. Um, I believe pathos is through... No, ethos is through uh, ethics. You... You think, what is ethically correct here? Pathos is arguing with emotion. Saying, what is, what feels the best here? What's What feels like it's best for this person, you know? And then finally, Logos is arguing on behalf of reason. Now, I think it's a little shady that they put it like that. Oh, Logos is arguing on reason. Well, I mean... You put it that way, no shit. Everybody wants to argue with reason, right? But what I guess... <sighs> Jesus Christ on the cross. What is that? Yawn number seven? <laughs> God, this dude's video is so good. It's playing in the background. It's just keeping me on focus, but <laughs> it's so good. He just shows all these old clips of David and Dan being stupid, wormy little fucking faggots, dude. Ugh. Look at you fucking tools thinking you're so goddamn genius. They really do. They think they're fucking genius. I hate their stupid faces. They really... Look at them. Ugh. So anyways. Logos is apparently, as they put it, old definition, of God's will. Of God's divine will. Now, let's look that up real quick. But that's how I remember it. Nope, 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 Okay. <laughs> Logos definition. The word of God. Or principle of divine reason and creative order. Identified in the Gospel of John with the second person of the Trinity incarnate in Jesus Christ. In Jungian psychology... The principle of reason and judgment associated with the animus. Huh? What is animus? And if you know what animus is and you're just laughing at me for not. Hey, teach me. I'm a fool. Teach. Hostility or ill feeling. Motivation to do something. What? 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 Those are, those are completely different things. Motivation to... What? There's three definitions. Suck my dick, English. Anyways. So, yeah. Noun. Theology. The word of God or principle of divine reason and creative order. Meaning, basically, down to the smallest things, you know? A pencil is designed to write ideas. You shouldn't use a pencil to fucking clean the earwax out of your ear. Uh, a, a dog, the best thing for a dog to be in a family is a good dog. That's agreed, right? A good dog is a good dog. And that is order in the world because, I mean, how could you argue it's not? You know what I mean? So these people tend to associate it with godly order because it's some kind of like, the way I would put it is like, it was thought, it was created. Nobody just knew that this was like the way to be, you know, it's kind of the thing Shapiro and them always argue about. You, you say you're an atheist, but you have to at least admit your morals and your moral values come from religious values. 
And like that makes sense to me. I mean, it does. But we're getting way thrown off. The statement of if you do things right, people won't be sure you've done anything at all. It's uh, ooh, sorry. Yeah, that has so much logos in it. Let's see. If you do things right, Futurama. I hope you can hear this from back there, but you probably will. So, do you know what I'm going to do before I do it? Yes. What if I do something different? Then I don't know that. Cool, cool. I bet a lot of people pray to you, huh? Yes, but there are so many asking so much. After a while, you just sort of tune it out. You know, I was God once. Yes, I saw. You were doing well until everyone died. It was awful. I tried helping them. I tried not helping them. But in the end, I couldn't do them any good. Do you think what I did was wrong? Right and wrong are just words. What matters is what you do. Yeah, I know. That's why I asked if what I did... Oh, forget it. Bender, being God isn't easy. If you do too much, people get dependent on you. And if you do nothing, they lose hope. You have to use a light touch, like a safe cracker or a pickpocket. Or a guy who burns down a bar for the insurance money. Yes, if you make it look like an electrical thing. When you do things right, people won't be sure you've done anything at all. Does that mean you wouldn't send me back to Earth, even if I prayed to you? Earth? Which way is that? <laughs> That's pretty funny. You were doing well. Until everyone died. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That same dude who I was just talking up. Um, <laughs> same dude I was talking up for that Game of Thrones video has a has a video about Bright, how why it sucks. <laughs> that's pretty funny. That's probably the first youtube facebook video i ever made was how, br how shitty bright was it really was a, a piece of shit huh man this guy has so many it's called the cosmonaut variety hour that is his <laughs> he basically has he basically has a video for all these newish movies where the thumbnail says why it sucks <laughs> that's what this like game of thrones one is Bright, why it sucks. Amazing Spider-Man 1 and 2, worse than you can even imagine. <laughs> Thumbnail, why it sucks. <laughs> Bird Box, why it sucks. <laughs> That's funny, dude. Is it like... Oh, jeez. My, uh... My, this is what I want to do, man. I want to shit on movies. These guys are just too smart. I end up watching this and being like, oh, I thought this movie was dope. Turns out it sucks, right? Um, so anyways, right, if you do things right. So now, I was thinking about that. So now that we've properly explored that side of it, the godly side, the light touches of things that you're not quite sure even matter, but they're kind of just enough to, to keep you wondering. Like, I've talked about this on the podcast, I feel like, where I've tried giving up on God Many times, many a times as a young kid, as a young adult, thinking as a young and like, oh, fuck it, I'm done. I'm not going to think to that thing anymore. Because that's what I used to do. I used to think to him, think to it, think to whoever it is. You know, just in my head, be like, mm, kind of talk, you motherfucker, you better make me not late to school, some bullshit, you know. 
oh, please, God, if you just do this, you know, like, come on. Or I talked to him in church and just be like, hey, you know, be nice to everybody. I don't know. But then I tried not to. And the fucked up part always was, no matter what, when something would happen to me, I'd end up thinking to him. And it would make me so mad because I'm like, fuck, dude, you're supposed to let all that go. But you, you, I fucking couldn't. And I wasn't a religious kid, hardly. Hated going to church. Care, hardly cared about thinking about God. But it seems to just make so much sense. And you try to convince yourself that it doesn't. As you get older, oh, big fucking guy in the sky. Fuck that, bro. Fuck that. Um, so, yeah. There's that side of it, right? You know, I should check out what <laughs> what time we're at right now. I've been ranting and rave, raping and murdering. Where are we at? 21 minutes. Right in. So. Huh, the other side of that. Is. An interesting. Um, an interesting old kind of I guess proverb. I wonder where this came from. We're going to look it up right now. But I'm actually. Maybe I'll look it up before. I tell you, so I can tell you in a cool way. Um, what's what's even the thing I'm trying to? Oh yeah yeah yeah. Uh huh. Uh. Quote. I'm just trying to find where this quote or originated. What? Why does Joan Cusack say it? Or John Cusack, I should say. Who said it? Oh, so apparently it got really famous in The Usual Suspects. Directed by a pedophile, starring a pedophile. Um, hmm, apparently there's a French literary figure who might have said something similar. Hmm. <coughs> hmm. Okay, okay, this is stupid. I'm just going to tell you. Basically, the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing everyone he didn't exist. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. Hmm. One of the, artifi one of the artifices of Satan is... To induce men to believe that he does not exist. I think this might be the quote they're talking about. Another, perhaps equally fatal, is to make them fancy that he is obliged to stand quietly by and not to meddle with them if they get into true silence. Whoa, dude, that is fucking spooky, huh? Perhaps equally fatal is to make them fancy that he is obliged to stand quietly by and not meddle with them if they get into true silence. That is equally fatal. <laughs> Crazy. Let's look at this. In 1856... Right, and that's not I'd be talking back again, is it? It would be in bloody dirty UK, the fucking London. Um, one of the most striking proofs of the personal existence of Satan, which our times affords us, is found in the fact 
that he has so influenced the minds of multitudes in reference to his existence and doings as to make them believe he does not exist. <laughs> okay, that was just a wordy re-fucking wording of what we said. And that the hosts of demons or evil spirits over whom Satan presides as prince are only the fantasies. That's a weird way to spell that. That almost makes more sense. They spelled this P-H-A-N-T-A-C-I-E-S. Fantasies of the brain. Some hallucination of mind. Could we have a stronger proof of the existence of a mind so mighty as to produce such results? Yeah, it's basically the same thing. Oh, here might be the French one, but I can't read parlez-vous français. Um, so yeah, I want to talk about those two things. That's pretty interesting. You know what that reminds me of? This song here, um, which we're gonna li- listen to a little bit. Actually, I'm gonna I'll put it on, but also I want to uh. Man, J. Cole, dude. J. Cole is so fucking red-pilled. He doesn't even know it. Sure, he talks about oh how racist America is. My brothers and sisters are in prison. But, like, motherfucker is so red-pilled. That's, like, probably one of my biggest, like, projects I want to do right now is make a video about his fucking hella red-pilledness. Alright, so let's look at this lyrics for this J. Cole song real quick called The Badness. That's what it's called. It's from The Warm Up, which is a tremendous, tremendous mixtape, I realize. Let's see how it starts off. A, believe in God like the sun up in the sky. Science can tell us how, but it can't tell us why. Um, man, it's so red-pilled. I seen a baby cry, then seconds later she laughed. The beauty of life, the pain never lasts. The rain always passed. The sun don't always shine. When it's gone, I'm lonely. But when it's there, I'm fine. I hate the winter time because the nights come quicker. The lights make them whites think I'm a nice young nigga. <laughs> but at night, they think twice and walk a little faster. It's funny. hundred years ago, I would have called this nigga master. I mean, a little longer than that. How the tables turn but still see the fire burning, huh? I feel like the heat, the world is a drier turning, turning. I'm looking for some higher learning, learning, girl, what I desire, girl, you is what I desire, yearning, yearning. What does he mean by that? Oh, this is stupid. This on Rap Genius, they are not. You say I'm easily a just, girl, you, girl, you what I desire, yearning, yearning. You say I'm easily distracted. I think the problem is I'm easily attracted by the dark side. The temptation got me questioning where my heart lies. I'm trying to separate myself like apartheid. But A, the liquor keeps swallowing. I swear I walk with God. But the devil keep following. I say the devil keep following. I say the devil keep following. God! This was years ago, son. When did the warm-up come out? Years ago. I'd say 10 years almost. So then there's another person, Omen, who comes in the song, which is whack, though. But Try to walk with God, but the devil keep 
following me. Crazy, right? Hmm. Sorry. Just got so distracted. It's so like... Yeah, it's pretty nuts, man. I really like this song. Just that idea of it. Now we're going to listen to it. Just a quick snippet of it. Cole talks so much about that kind of shit. About like the evils of like hurting people with by giving into your temptation and shit. I'm going to listen to some of this. Yeah. God like the sun up in the sky Science can tell us how It can't tell us why I seen a baby cry And seconds later she laughs The beauty of life The pain never lasts The rain always pass The sun don't always shine When it's gone I'm lonely But when it's there I'm fine I hate the winter time Because the nights come quicker The light make them whites Think I'm a nice young nigga But at night they think twice And walk a little faster It's funny, hundred years ago I'd have called this nigga master how the tables turn, but still the fire burning. Uh, I feel the heat, the world is a dry turn, turn. I'm looking for some higher learn, learn. Girl, you what I desire, yearn, yearn. You say I'm easily distracted. I think the problem is I'm easily attracted by the dark side. The temptation got me questioning where my heart lies. I'm trying to separate myself like apartheid. But A, the liquor keeps swallowing. I swear I walk with God, but the devil keep following. Follow. I say the devil keep following, following. I say the devil keep following, following. I say the devil keep following. Uh. Luckily, this isn't a video podcast, or you see me tearing up like a baby right now. That's the thing, dude. These these profound fucking ideas and, and themes sometimes, they, they'll make me water right up, dude. I don't give a fuck who you are. Use a use a bitch if you don't cry. A deep, deep themes of the human condition, the struggle of being us. It's all we know. Obviously, it's fucking hard to be animals and hard to be the celestial beings and spirits and ghosts and whatever's out there. But all we know about is being human. That's the best art right there, dude. Fuck, man. Fucking J. Cole. The devil keep following. You know what that makes me think of? When I when I heard this and I was when I first heard this song, you know, a month or two ago, is like, you ever seen that movie It Follows? It's weird. Oh man, what a cool movie, dude! Just a cool like idea for the movie though. Four ways to beat the monster from It Follows. <laughs> How funny, dude. Um, so yeah, basically, it follows, is like, it's so weird, this chick, this poor broad, has sex with some guy, and he basically, I don't know if he tells her, I think he does, that he basically passed on an STD, now I don't mean STI, I'm not saying the old version of STI, STD, sexually transmitted demon, dude. <laughs> and it starts like, and it's weird. It, it, it basically, 
it basically like takes the form of anybody. It, and all you see out of all the random people who might be there or nobody is one person super fucking far away usually just walking towards you. And no matter how much you're just trying and trying, they're just coming fucking towards you, dude. They're just walking. They're just following you. Just constantly. You can't get any fucking respite from it. No matter where. You're going to look and there's somebody fucking at a distance walking right fucking at you. It's so cool. It's a good movie, dude. I fucking dug it a lot. But um, that's what that reminds me of. Literally, that's how the movie is. Like, the devil keep following me, you know? So that's an interesting thing. What's what's the middle ground? And and they're like the, almost the connections between God, if God's logos, and how like he says, if you do too much, they become completely dependent. If you do too little, they lose faith entirely. How do you go from that one end to the other side where it's like this devil is trying so hard to convince you he doesn't exist so he can meddle with you? And I know most atheists, and even most religious people, maybe, they hear talk like this. And see, I, I, I'm pretty fucking tame with this kind of talk. Some people are straight up like, the devil is there. He is all around us. And I mean, I think he is, but I, it's more of evil for me. Evil, badness, darkness. You know what I mean? Literally, everybody knows the dark is bad. So anyways... These things that I, when I say it like that, you know, God, look, you understand how I'm not saying Jesus Christ and the Holy Trinity and the Virgin Mary. No, because I don't know about religions, dude. Like, they seem cool. I bet I know they've done a lot of good for society. But it's more about, I think we all know these things. We all feel these things. And there's just like, I think this is so applicable. 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 <laughs> I love that word. Or applicable. <laughs> shit. Oh, shit. A new fucking pronunciation. Applicable. I think it's applicable. I forgot what what I'm even applying now. Is what I'm trying to apply applicable or applicable anymore? Um. Oh, yeah. No, well, basically anything. It's applicable to anything. You know what you should do and why it's the right thing to do. You know. And you know what you shouldn't do and why it's the wrong thing to do. You know. But in many, many, many situations all throughout all of our lives, you end up running into, I know this is the right thing to do and I want to do it. That's fucking best case scenario, bro. Then there's a harder one. I know this is the right thing to do. And I don't want to do it. I know this is the wrong thing to do. And I still want it. What is that Twilight Zone middle ground there? Right? Like everybody wants to act like we're all... either You're either a good person or you're a fucking evil piece of shit. What is that middle ground there? That's what I think is like the struggle between God and the devil and the light in the darkness, inside of your own beating, thumping human heart. That's that's what my like obsession has been about, you know, lately. Is it's not the pointy, the pointy horned, red skinned devil with with goat hooves and the fucking giant 
barbed wire cock he's going to rape you with. You know, that's not where the devil is. They always say the devil was the most beautiful angel. You know what I mean? And so there's this weird thing of like, that's where this logos comes in. Where are we, where, where did we decide what is good and what is bad to do for the world? And I mean for the world, for the animals, for us, for the planet, for the future, for the best. You know, a lot of people have different priorities when it comes to taking care of the world, right? And it's fine, of course, but where did that come from? And I guess that's what Logos is, is like knowing that things have purpose. Purpose. Let me say that again. Purpose, millennials. Purpose. Which is the number one thing you hear fucking people bitching about now. I just, I don't know. Just like, what's my purpose in life? Like, what am I, like, am I going to do this? Like, is that like what's really going to like fulfill me, you know? That is such a new problem. And it's, personally, me, it's crippled me. That's how we started this podcast, talking about how to cripple motivation. Especially, apparently, with people, like, of my age and younger and older, here and there. But a generation from 50 years ago, they had no idea about crippled purpose. And I don't know how we fucking lost it. That's that, I guess that's the most frustrating part. That I'm just now realizing is I don't know how we lost it. There's, uh, it has to do with God. I guess that's what I brought up in the first place because something about that. There, 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 you can't tell me there's no correlation or causation, you fucking college fucking grad, between how, between knowing the divine will that we can be executing on this earth and completely not being able to do it. What is happening there? Either way, I'm going to leave you with that. Chew on that like a fucking now and later. Um, Let's see where we're at on time, bruh. Bruh. Oh, 38 minutes. Okay, not bad. Let's talk about... Game of Game of Game of Thrones Game of Thrones Game of Thrones Game of Thrones It sucked a fat dick for several seasons several seasons several seasons several seasons Don't try to defend this piece of shit show piece of shit show piece of shit show piece of shit show It once was Great, but those Jews ruined it. Jews ruined it. <laughs> I mean, David and Dan, okay? There were plenty of Jews who worked on the the show that were great. But fucking David Benioff and D.B. Wise. David Benioff and Dan Wise. Once I learned the extent that these two maggots fucked this show royally in the butthole dude once i learned the extent of how bad that was fuck them dude fuck them and their stupid fucking ideas look i, I realized it last night the number one problem that changed in that, that uh, made game of thrones suck a fat fat cock 
was simply... Wow, I have to take a huge shit. I might have to cut this one short, guys. Because <laughs> I'm not cutting this short. The number one reason Game of Thrones sucked was simply the writers forgot how... Or I should say, forgot what... <clears throat> made the storytelling so successful before. I'm really scared to fart. This might come out. They forgot, dude. And I'll tell you what it is right now, because I'm, I'm a fucking genius, of course. I'm not a genius. But when it comes to movies, TV show, art, culture, politics, and history, I'm a genius. Now, here's where they fucked up. They forgot that Game of Thrones... No, 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 no. Fuck that. A Song of Ice and Fire is a character-driven drama. Character-driven. And I'm not just saying write good characters. I mean, I am, and they didn't. But literally, the books are from points of view of these characters. Literally, George R.R. R. Martin has been exponentially fucking growing the time between each book he releases because he has to spend so much time figuring out every single character in his entire lore. Every single character. Thousands, thousands and thousands. Can you imagine how many he's made by now? So imagine all the the dozens and dozens of main characters, right? The probably hundreds of side characters who come in all the time. And even more hundreds of just like B characters that either are dead yet or only in history don't exist, don't, you know, come into the story too often. That's why these stories are so good. Because they're grounded in believable characters making believable character choices. And we end up rooting for these and hating these and fearful of these and, you know, hopeful of these and all kinds of different good stuff. That's what, <laughs> that's like the best case scenario in a story, right? These two chumps, they forgot that. They forgot that and they started making a TV drama. They started telling a story. They didn't start telling... They, they didn't try to tell these characters' story. They started telling the story, which they thought, Danny goes mad, John has to kill her. How do we get there? Oh, we gotta get rid of the fucking walkers. Let's do that in an episode. Oh, people will expect John. What about Arya? No, she has no, she has no previous plot line involving the White Walkers for even half of a fucking second. That's why it's perfect. <laughs> They'll never see it coming. P- shit like that, you know what I mean? Shit like that. It's like, what? What? You disgust me, dude. You guys literally should be ashamed of yourself. I hope your mothers are disappointed in you, dude. Crazy. I mean, I I, I guess I want to talk about specifics of the show. But, like I said, I, I knew. I could feel it. And it makes me so mad that I didn't really commit to hating the show before. But I knew for these past couple of seasons, I'm just like, why is this so weird now, you know? Like, this is so strange. This show does not seem like how it used to be. And I watched a video that was totally correct. If you ever want to watch a, a good Game of Thrones channel, talks a lot about the books and a lot about the show. It's called Ideas of Ice and Fire. Great, great channel. I really dig the dude. Very calm, very logically, and very wisely breaks down lots of things for you. But, um... He was saying that the Dornish plot killed the show. That's when basically he knew we're in some trouble, you know? 
the Dornish plot, the whole Jamie and Braun going to Dorn to save Marcella. And apparently they're about to introduce this whole other half of the world, you know, that they haven't touched on at all. Nope. Scrap it. Those those three sand snake bitches, they kill the fucking, one of the main characters from the books who's apparently super interesting. They kill another, like right away, right away. And none of it fits in with the plotline. Remember fucking Pablo Pascal as a, that, that, that dude who plays uh, the fucking drug lord, what's his name? Uh, the one from Mexico or Narcos. Yeah, the dude from Narcos. Pa- pa- uh, Pablo Pascal, the actor who plays Oberyn Martell. He's the one who tries to protect Tyrion in the trial by combat against the mountain. We don't hurt little girls in Dawn. And sure enough, Cersei tells him, all over the world they hurt little girls. Sure enough, three young women in Dorne poison the shit out of an innocent little girl. <laughs> For really no reason. Why? What? 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 So, it's just, it's a bummer. And I remember feeling this for the last three seasons, just like being less and less excited. And I try to think about what were the really biggest things. The battles. They distracted me with spectacle enough till this last couple seasons. Like last season, I was just like, this is weird. Danny and John don't feel good together. You know what I mean? Like, they just seems like, obviously, they're going to fucking hook up. That's not how I want it. You know what I mean? Never believed their love for a second. Never for a second. So here's what... I'm going to shit my pants right now out of anger. Here's what really chaps my ass. They offered these hairless fucking ball bags. 13 seasons. They didn't want to do it. Okay, that's fine. Do as many as you're completely committed to, and then we can pass off the mantle to other showrunners who are as committed as you used to be. And they said no. They refused. If I ever see these guys in public... I'm going to have to tell them they're complete failures. How dare you grab onto that show as if it's yours? You know what? I'm looking that up right now because I've been saying that for a while. But uh, I oh, I just want to fucking see their stupid faces say it. Let's see. D.B. Wise David Benioff didn't want to pass off Game of Thrones to someone else. What a crazy Google, huh? Wait, Benny in? No, Benny off. Hmm. Let's see if this, uh, these wormy bastards. The showrunner said they didn't need full 10 episode installments for season 7 and 8, but the breakneck pace Thrones has taken is a clear departure from years past and comes with a disheartening side effects. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Let's see. Oh, fuck it. Let's just read this guy's fucking article. 
Midway through the last of the Starks, the much-memed and... I never know how to say this word. Antepenultimate? What? Is that like the third to last? Because I know penultimate is the one before the last. How crazy. Episode of Game of Thrones. The force, the forces arrayed against Cersei assemble at Winterfell to plot their attack on King's Landing. And it's... Be oh, Jesus. I'm not smart. Don't know how to say that word. And against its queen. We will hit her land, Daenerys says. We will rip her out, root and stem. Her advisors try to talk her down. Tyrion reminds her that indiscriminately ripping out roots without caring about the collateral damage is more of a mad king move. Varys notes that Cersei's allies are already dwindling. Jon suggests a siege, and, Bron and Sansa observes that the survivors of the Battle of Winterfell could use a bit of a break before marching, that's true, south to take part in a second. Oh, Miguel Sapochnik set piece. That was the director. You want to throw them in a war, they're not ready to fight, Sansa asks. Um, let's see. With two 80-minute episodes remaining in the final season, Game of Thrones finds itself in a similar situation. The show has won the war for ratings, critical acclaim, and cultural catch-it. Now it wants to fight, win the war for a satisfying finale. Delivering a pleasing payoff for fans that will prevent any tarnishing of the series' reputation. But much as Missande, Rhaegal, and Danny's fleet paid the price for their leader's impatient Sunday, Game of Thrones seemed to be suffering from a similar hunger to arrive at its goal. Even more so than in Season 7, showrunners Benioff and Wise are playing the part of Daenerys so fixated on the finish line that they don't seem to mind how many major storylines are diminished or how many minor storylines get killed in the carnage. The perplexing part of Thrones' hurry to remove itself from our screens is that almost no one was rooting for a rapid resolution. Viewers don't want it to end. The media doesn't want it to end. HBO doesn't want it to end. This is all them. Only the showrunners are ready to wrap things up. Ah, in an interview published before the final premiere, D&D made it clear that they were the ones insisting on stopping at eight seasons and limiting the last two to a total of 13 episodes, HBO said. We'll give you the resources to make what it needs to make this what it needs to be. Why isn't Benioff added? HBO would have been happy for the show to keep going to have more episodes in the final season, but the showrunners refused. We always believed it was about 73 hours and it will be roughly that. Benioff continued, as much as they wanted more, they understood that this is where the story ends. No, it's not! No, it isn't. It's always tempting to keep a good thing going. Plenty of profitable franchises overstay their welcomes, whether out of reluctance to secede the stage or a naked desire to make more money. If the showrunners were right about the series' natural lifespan, their decision to walk away would be commendable. But the past two seasons strongly suggest they're pulling the plug prematurely, ending it all where the story had lots of fulfilling life left. It's not just the way the series similarly did, uh, did away with the Night King after seven plus seasons of building him up as the ostensible big bad. Let's see. Yeah, the Night King was a letdown. Okay. I guess so, huh? Apparently, Wise, in 2016, said that the leader of the White Walkers, the Night King, was, quote, just a force of destruction, and that anything he said would be anticlimactic.
Sorry. Sorry, I'm just trying to find that part I told you about. Okay, granted, we can infer what we both... I'm just going to read it because I feel bad leaving you in silence. We can infer what was said in both of those scenes. So if D&D were trying to strip the script down to its studs to save time, those exchanges were logical cuts. But why, when handed a blank check and a creative license with no expiration date, would they put a higher priority on trimming than trimming the running time than presenting two emotional monumentous long-in-the-making moments? And why, when faced with those self-imposed constraints, would they choose to parcel out some of the screen time in such a frivolous fashion? If there's room for a foursome and a Ed Sheeran shout-out, isn't there space to see Sansa and Arya relax to the revelation of Jon's parentage and claim to the throne? If the show's characterizations were the lone causality of its sprint to completion, tight plotting and could still save the season... But because the pace is so accelerated, many corners are cut, characters come up and go without purpose or a preamble. Hi, Bron, bye, Bron. The Golden, <laughs> the Golden Company, which may play a pivotal role in the fight for the King's Landing, has barely been seen, and they get destroyed in one second. <clears throat> um, so yeah, they're ripping on how Danny forgot about the fleet. Um... Yeah, what the fuck, dude? How long is this fucking article? You know what? Let me back up a little bit. Oh, here we go. Handing off the series, they started to someone else. Here we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> If Thrones loses its war because its stewards wants to their show to be over, the series' rushed ending could be remembered as one of TV's all-time unforced errors. Exactly. Shepherding Thrones is a daring responsibility. Or draining. No, it's not. Fuck them. What do they do? What do they do? Take meetings and phone calls? Fuck you. D&D can't be blamed for wanting to do something different after working on the show for more than 12 years. Although they can be blamed for... Confederate? What's that? Oh, Confederate, that's right. <laughs> Is another ambitious genre epic which makes the given Benioff and Wise track record. Confederate also takes place in an alternate timeline where the South successfully won the right to succeed and maintain slavery as an institution, which is less ex is less expected. <laughs> I forgot about this shit. <laughs> Good, you fucking pieces of shit. I'm glad this didn't work. Handing off the series they started to someone else would have been a difficult decision, but it may have been the best one if their hearts and minds were far, far away. What is that? It's leading me to another article here. Uh, Ryan Johnson and Game of Thrones showrunners working very closely on future Star Wars films. Huh. But they didn't want to, huh? They just wanted to finish what they did so they can go make Star Wars. Pushing to an end a series sooner than the network and audience dictated isn't always a worrisome sign, but the only winner will be George R.R. Martin if the results in this case are closer to Lost than Breaking Bad's. 
crazy. Crazy. Let's see. Let's try that. Um, huh. Yeah. Huh. What? Seriously. Okay, I'm sorry, guys. I'm just putting you through too much silence. This is boring as shit. No wonder nobody listens to this podcast. You know what? We gotta do something. We gotta check the fucking mail. We gotta check the mail, man. We haven't had much mail in a while. Let's check the So It Goes email. So It Goes Pod at Yahoo.com. So It Goes Pod at Yahoo.com. So It Goes Pod at Yahoo. (coughs) Is that the password? Uh, I'll secure my account later. Bitch. Yeah, I don't got nothing done, do I, bruv? Got some spam. You guys want? <laughs> you want to see some spam? Um. Lifetime Fitness. What? Oh, these are old. Oof. Nope. Nope. Sorry, guys. No, no mail today. All right. <laughs> I got some. <laughs> I got some spam. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I hate spam, dude. Why are you keeping silence? That's the subject from Vivian G. Akla. Akka. I'm, I'm kidding. It's Akka. A C K A H. Akka. Vivian G. Akka. She says, My greetings again. This is my third email to you without any response from you. That's too many to use. But I decided to write again in case you did not receive the previous emails. Please, we really need to talk about an important issue once again. My name is Vivian G. Akka. Finance manager with the Agricultural Department or Agricultural Development Bank Ghana? This is in Ghana? All I want is a confirmation from you that I am communicating with the right owner of this email. We'll talk in details as soon as I receive confirmation from you. Looking forward to your response. Best regards, Vivian G. Akka. Let's see, then there was one more. Oh, Barrister John Ayite? Barrister John Ayite? His last name is A-Y-I-T-E. What's with these fucking last names? Oh, it's just an attachment. Oh, well, fuck. Oh, and it's a Russian attachment. It's a Ruski attachment, of course. What are you, hacking my elections? <laughs> um, yeah, guys, I think that's it for this episode. I mean, I know I've really, really fizzled out there, but the Game of Thrones showrunner is just fucking drive me up a fucking wall like seriously 
What a bunch of pieces of shits, dude. Man, that's crazy. So six months ago was my my last real podcast. Man, I used to get a decent amount of listeners each one. Not that I think they were ever real. But I did. Well, this was fun. This was fun. Um, We're going to... I need to do this podcast. I, I just do. Like... This helps keep me on track. This helps keep me on, on the path of Logos. Um, so expect more of it, you know? I can't believe you actually made it to an hour. My asshole's about to burst. Uh, this has been fun. This is the So It Goes podcast. This is kind of what we do here. We're a little sloppy, but we'll be here. Check out the YouTube uh, user Aldo Lopez, basically all over the internet. User Aldo Lopez or Aldo or Aldo, depending on just who you are. I say Aldo, they say Aldo, they say Aldo. Either one, that's been me. It's been fun. It's been real. Take it sleazy. Keep it tight. Keep it cool. And remember, walk with God. Even if the devil keep following you. Bye-bye.